0: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Biddy Wiley. This week we hear from Fiji at the Under-19 Cricket World Cup, the World 7 Series resumes in Wellington, and another bumper field for the Cabramatta Nines Rugby League. But first, Papua New Guinea's withdrawal from the Olympic women's football Playoff against New Zealand has been labelled a total embarrassment. After losing the opening leg in Ley, PNG were forced to pull out of the return match in Auckland, when the squad did not get the visas for New Zealand. The withdrawal is being analysed by FIFA, which will decide on whether further steps or investigation are required. The PNG Sports Minister, Justin Tachenko, says the whole situation is unacceptable.
1: I think it's pretty crystal clear and summed up by saying that PNGFA totally stuffed it up. They didn't get their act together and they have let down our girls big time. And this is due to the fact that they need to get their priorities in order and their administration in order and make sure that these normal formalities are also followed through. I can't see why they wouldn't have had it done. You can't say it didn't slip their mind because they knew they were travelling to New Zealand and to travel to New Zealand and Australia, you need a visa.
0: The team qualified for this final Olympic playoff by winning the Pacific Games gold medal in Port Moresby and so that was July last year. So, as you say, it's been a very long time knowing that these two matches were going to happen early in 2016.
1: This is a completely separate situation to the organisation of the FIFA World Cup in November. But even with that, Our girls should not have been uh, let down in such a way where they couldn't play off their final... You know, it would have been very difficult for them to win. But the experience and uh, the whole situation is very, very important. What has to happen is PNGFA have to get their act together and clear out this issue uh, immediately to ensure that it never, ever happens again. They can't say they didn't have any money or funds or uh, staffing. They did. but for them to explain, but at the end of the day, it was a stuff-up. They have to fix it. They have to make sure it never happens again. They have to work with my office and the PNG Sports Foundation, and uh, we all work together as a team and and make it happen. On the FIFA side of things with the World Cup, we're working very uh, collectively together to ensure we have for of the other 20 women here in Port Moresby. I am personally involved in that uh, as the chairman. It will be a success. I'm not going to allow it not to be. But with PNGFA, they really need to have a good look at themselves and understand where the stuff up was and ensure uh, it never
2: happens again.
0: The under-20 World Cup later this year, being held in Papua New Guinea, obviously it's a separate event. It Has a range of people, as you say yourself, as chairman, and there's a local organising committee and, and PNG FA officials as well, amongst others that are involved in putting that tournament together. But when you have an incident like this, an administrative blunder, uh, which is being investigated by FIFA, it's obviously not a good look. And I guess there's must be some concerns that you know this will reflect badly on Papua New Guinea.
1: This will reflect badly against. PNG because of one person's uh, stuff-up in this regard, knowing that uh, a simple thing of organising visas, knowing very well in advance that they had to get it done, uh, was not done. As far as we're concerned, uh, it's a different uh, management, different uh, group of people organising the FIFA World Cup. Uh, We have different staff uh, in those positions to coordinate uh, such things that will be more resilient and uh, more proactive than what we've just seen uh, with the girls not getting their visas. FIFA, I'm sure, will be uh, scratching their head wondering what happened. That is uh, total embarrassment to PNGFA. And those concerns should be terminated. Get rid of them. We can't afford to uh, have another stuff up like that. And whoever's done the wrong thing and not done their job, you know, you can't afford to have those sort of things. And especially when it comes at the eve of Papua New Guinea hosting one of the biggest world events in PNG in sport, uh, especially for soccer that we've ever had in our history of the country.
0: Who makes those decisions in terms of whether somebody would lose their job and will you be having discussions with PNG football after this?
1: Well, David Chung, as the president, needs to uh, make a harsh decision now with his staff and uh, punish those that have uh, done the wrong thing. There's no room here for those sort of people when we're going to be uh, having a world event uh, on our shores in November. No room at all for people that want to be blasé and take things as they come.
0: Will you be speaking with members of the PNG Football Association? Is that in the works?
1: I won't speak to them personally. I don't think it's my responsibility to speak to them, but I will be speaking to David Chung on the matter to see what he's doing about it and what he has Done already. If, if he has taken any action, I believe he's overseas and will be back very, very shortly. And I hope he can resolve this immediately for the benefit of those girls that missed out on playing the qualifiers in New Zealand and uh, future events.
0: That's the Papua New Guinea Sports Minister, Justin Tichenko. The Fiji Under-19 cricketers will make their World Cup debut later today in a tough opening pool match against England and Chittagong. Head coach Shane Jurgensen spent three years coaching in Bangladesh and knows the local conditions well. I spoke with him before their first game and asked what the mood was like in the squad.
3: Last night at our team meeting and a couple of uh, routine things that we do, they seem to be quite you know, relaxed actually. No doubt that this morning I wake up and it will hit them pretty quick, you know, the last 12 months of preparing some planning around it, so it's all about to thrive and and we're into it today in the first game. So far, I had a good final form-up game against Scotland. Got a lot of confidence. We really should have won the game in all seriousness.
0: And I guess for pretty much all of your squad, this is possibly the biggest game that they've played in their lives, is it?
3: Oh, easily. <laughs> easily against a very formidable recruiting nation, obviously England. Just a great opportunity for the guys. You felt that last training session yesterday went quite well. We get it right, you just never know. But, you know, no expectation on the boys. Just go out there and and we're just asking them to do their best. And our biggest battle is making sure that we keep, you know, focused for 100 overs and play the whole game. And that's where we've come a bit undone a little bit at times in Australia in the five games we played there and then two warm-up games here. We've played well 60 to 80 overs out of 100, and then we've just lost our focus. And that's due to probably our inexperience of actually playing cricket and not playing a lot of 50-over cricket.
0: You've got a lot of local knowledge uh, of Bangladesh, having coached there for a few years, and you're up there just before Christmas as well with the T20 League. How have the players adapted to those local conditions and how has that knowledge helped you in your preparations?
3: certainly made life a lot easier off the field in terms of just making sure we've got a lot of things around to support the players in place. In terms of stuff on the field, well, pitches in Bangladesh tend to be slow, obviously on the low side. The big thing here is that the wickets can be inconsistent, so you can get a lot of variation actually out of pitch itself. It's probably not quite as quick as obviously some of our bowls as the other guys here so we need to make sure we utilise the variation from the pitch with some subtle variations of slower balls and cutters, cross seamers, so they're all the type of deliveries that a bowler can bowl, a seam bowler. What we're probably missing is a fair and sort of spin-up. However, we've made plans around our seniors and set some field that we can try and restrict the opposition. And then without batting, yeah, you've just got to make sure you really watch the ball and play straight and, and continue to play straight and just give yourself time at the crease and then you get used to the conditions. We've got to bat the 50 overs, and it's a common thing to say that it's easier said than done.
0: And uh, a lot has been made of the security situation in Bangladesh. Australia opted not to travel there, uh, A lot of arrangements have been put in place by the ICC for all the teams. Uh, Now that you're on the ground, how's everyone feeling? Is it all in order?
3: Oh, yeah, everything's been going quite well so far. The only battle that we had into the two warm-up games is making sure we got to the ground because (laughs) we had a couple of issues with our bus, a couple of other teams had issues with the buses and and more so the travel. We were playing in a place called Susula. Took us nearly two hours to get back. Everything else has been fantastic. Everything's been good so far around security and there's been no issues and everyone feels safe, I'm sure.
0: And finally, uh, what are the expectations? What um, goals do you put upon yourself on the team for this tournament? Obviously, Fiji are new to it. You've got Zimbabwe and the West Indies to come up and pool play later on as well. Um, What sort of approach do you take to this tournament?
3: One, I just want to make sure that we play really well ourselves and give ourselves every chance. If we did do that, anything can ha- really happen. So there's no doubt it'll be very tough. If we can walk away with one or two wins, it'd be great. Uh, obviously, we all want more. But in all seriousness, you, you're fighting against teams and players that have been playing this game for a lot longer than us. So our biggest battle is just making sure that we play well and then if we, we play well, then we can put ourselves in a chance to be competitive and put in a good performance. As long as we're very competitive and also entertaining, we've done some cool things off the field and, and shown uh, you know, the spirit of this team and spirit of Fiji. So we're trying to entertain off the field and also on the field, and let's see
0: what happens. That's the Fiji cricket coach, Shane Jurgensen. The World 7 Series resumes in Wellington this weekend with Sonny Bill Williams grabbing plenty of headlines ahead of his all-black 7s debut. South Africa and France are among the other countries to call in 15 aside stars to bolster their 7s ranks, while Fiji have the services of France-based Semi-Kunatani once more. Ben Ryan's team lead the standings on points difference after two rounds, but he says they are still yet to reach top gear.
4: A little bit different to previous seasons. What we're trying to give them more of is time off and rest knowing that it's a long season with Rio looming large in August. So they had a couple of weeks off and then got back into the gym and did some um, daily training just to tick them over, really. And then we had a camp, but only nine players were in camp. The rest were playing in the Coral coast. We've only got one player injured from Cape Town and Dubai, Viliami Mata, and he's only going to be out for a few weeks, but he's just going to miss the next two tournaments. But Semi Kunitani will come in from Toulouse so all in all we're as strong as we were in the first two
0: tournaments How do you balance those guys from offshore? Last year you had Samosoni very very popping in for tournaments and I know it's kind of a a balancing act with their clubs obviously in Europe typically and and also with your squad being settled and giving them opportunities if they're going to be coming into the Rio Reckoning is it a a delicate balancing act or is there a certain amount of tournaments that they are available for?
4: I think it would be delicate if there were more than you know uh, 1 or 2 or 3 coming in you know I think teams like South Africa I'm sure will have had some challenges integrating the 15s boys straight into their squad ahead of their full time 7s Boys, but with Fiji, you know, it's just the one guy, semi who's been uh, ever stay really in the team for since I've been here. Certainly in the last couple of seasons, so he knows the system's pretty well. Toulouse have been in communication with us, so you know, it's put into his contract before he left that he'd be available for four tournaments, and two of those are going to be these two.
0: Is it literally just one, two, or three guys that are, are in that sort of situation?
4: It's certainly looking that way because there's nothing from World Rugby Regulations to say that they have to be released for any of these World Series tournaments. obviously makes things for the lesser clear nations like us difficult because you know we can't throw money at them to gain release and we don't have centrally contacted players that the union like New Zealand or South Africa do. So what we're going to have to do is make sure that the conversations mm-hmm. with the clubs are good and open and frank and all these clubs that have benefited so much from Fijian players over the years It's um, perhaps time for them to repay that a little bit and allow these boys to come back to the island and play at least uh, one tournament with the changing rules. There's no club, if it's not in contracts, that will even contemplate releasing them for four but if we can get them in the system and they can come on tour with us, then we'd consider them for the Olympic training squad. And after then, it's, you know, it's down to whoever comes through. But, you know, my stance is still the same as it's always been. I would love the local boys to make up the majority of the spots at Rio, but we're going to pick on form. So the overseas players, it's up to them. They've got to get themselves released. I've got to help with that. The clubs have got to show some flexibility. And frankly, some of them are showing us none.
0: I thought last year there was a requirement under the World Rugby rules that they had to be released for an international competition. Is that different this year, or?
4: Yes, it's different this year because every tournament in the World Series was regarded as an Olympic qualifier. So we've got this strange situation that um, in the qualification year we could, you know, pick whoever we wanted. Uh, all the clubs. Once we started talking about wanting to get players released during the season, some of them, particularly the French clubs, bent over backwards to make that almost impossible for us with injuries that sprung up, passports that had suddenly run out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was actually quite difficult, and that's why we only really pulled in Samsoni for last year. This year, there is no Olympic qualifier regulation. Obviously, these are just normal games, even though they're incredibly important as we build up towards Rio. So only teams that can benefit really this year in New Zealand and who have essentially contracted players in the union and the union then can make these calls. Everybody else is stuck with no IRB Reg 9, so it means it's virtually impossible. And I understand what the clubs want to do. They put the club first, but like I said, the amount of players that have come in, particularly into France from Fiji and really helped the game on so many ways and uh, entertained, it would be lovely if some of those clubs understood that and allowed them to come back into to tournaments. So we'll wait and see.
0: Obviously, you've got the squad that you've got, and it's a pretty consistent squad uh, this season, as you say, just the one injury. Um, how are you approaching this Wellington event? Are you, are you going in there with a bit of confidence?
4: Oh, we're certainly undercooked still. We're not really pushing the accelerator up until a few months before the olympic games but what we're doing is creating a very good base and we're making sure that fitness won't let us down in the tournament certainly we're going to leave room for improvement in all those areas the bread and butter is we're in a very good place we've got local boys that are doing the business working incredibly hard on the island and uh, you know we're very happy with what's happening with the program so of course you know a short trip across to wellington we are confident, but we've got you know a tough group. Um, if we continue our 100% record in group games, which we've had now for a long time, then we're going to have a very, very hard crossover group of France or Samoa or USA or England, you know, and, and that's terrifically difficult.
0: That's the Fiji Sevens coach, Ben Ryan. There's another bumper field to contest this weekend's Cabramatta Rugby League Nines in Sydney. 32 teams representing the likes of Thailand, Malta and Ireland will be in attendance, with American Samoa, Samoa, Niue, Cook Islands, Fiji and West Papua representing the Pacific region. American Samoa won the plate last year and coach Paul Robick says it's always a great event.
2: That's really um, taken off and it's just getting bigger every
0: year. What's your line-up looking like this year? I understand you've got a, uh, one or two big names that have uh, made themselves available?
2: Yeah, we've got... Um all the ones that I wanted released from the uh, club teams over there, um, which is uh, which is great. And uh, we've got a real good um, a good hooker in for us this year with uh, Peter Godone. Um, he's playing for our side this year.
0: And obviously uh, time with the Warriors and, and playing for Samoa, and so uh, you've obviously managed to wrangle him. How did you find out he was available?
2: I've got three other Godones in the side, and he's back from England. So uh, they must have a family get together, and then he, he showed his interest. So I gave him a call, and uh, yeah, he's a great picker.
0: How much dialogue is there between the likes of yourself with the American Samoa team and some of these other countries that are regular competitors in, in, Cabramatta? Is there, I mean, do these ongoing talks about, you know, where the direction of international nines is going and, and, and what these events do and, uh, you know, contact and, uh, relationship building between the countries and, and the various teams, uh, do those things, uh, go on outside of the actual tournament?
2: Taz Bateri, who, who runs it, uh, he does a great um, job of, uh, sort of keeping everyone informed, keeping everyone together like uh, they always send off emails. And we've got everyone's uh, email address. If we want to contact them, we can just uh, email them and go from there. But uh, Taz, he runs a great ship.
0: What are your expectations are with a whole bunch of Godnay brothers in there? What are your expectations are for 2016?
2: We hope we can go uh, quite well this year. We're, we're picking that we hold mine at top two finish. It's going to be hard, but the boys are... Uh, confident after last year's finish, and now we have got a very strong side, like I say, especially with um, Peter, We've got another guy, who, Joseph Ioni, He's coming through about five-hour drives, and then we've got uh, a couple of guys from Brisbane, and we've got Donis um, Scott. He, he was, used to play for Fiji. He's played for Fiji at one stage. We're pretty hopeful this year.
0: That's the American Samoa Rugby League Nines coach, Paul Robeck. The New Zealand Samoan heavyweight boxer Joseph Parker is aiming to get a world title shot by this time next year. The 24-year-old extended his unbeaten record to 18 wins with 16 by knockout after an eighth-round TKO of the American Jason Bergman in at the weekend. His promoter David Higgins says they're going to ramp up the level of his opponents in 2016. First things first, Parker will now take a short break before his next bout in April in Christchurch against a yet-to-be-confirmed fighter. And the New Zealand under-17 women's football team have qualified for the World Cup in Jordan in September after a comprehensive 8-0 victory over Papua New Guinea and Rarotonga. That's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening.